Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we're talking about great focus. Lord, I simply pray that you'd give us that today. I pray that in this moment, uh, these next few minutes that we spend together, that you would give us the appropriate focus to hear what you want to speak into our lives and to speak into our hearts. God, you don't waste moments. You don't waste opportunities for us to learn, to grow, to be challenged, to be encouraged, to be given a word of hope, to be stretched maybe a little outside of our comfort zone. Lord, wherever we are today, whatever we came in with, you know it. And so we trust in your grace and we believe in your favor today. So I ask, Lord God, that you would give us the focus we need to hear you clearly in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, first things first, who's got the marshmallow left? Are you kidding me? Wow, so that promise of me giving you like four of them, I was ready to do it, but man, there's too many of you. Um, let's see, volunteers in the back, do we have any mushrooms, or mushrooms, do we have any marsh, you guys want mushrooms? Okay, yeah, forget that, right? Do we have any marshmallows left? Uh, maybe not that many. You know what, we've got a couple, ah, we've got a couple left, all right. If you keep your hand up, we're going to give you another one, okay? All right, here, come on up here, come on up here. So we've got a few left. Come on over, come on over. We've got a couple left right down here. Seem to be the uh, front row folks. We're into, we're into uh, resisting the marshmallows. Now, if you, were sit, if you were where I was right now, you would see there's like 10 kids right here who have resisted right now. So if you got your hand up, you get an extra marshmallow. And while you're doing that, bon appetit. Mmm. That's right. Your mom told you never to talk with while you were chewing. It's okay in church, all right? That's right, chew that right now. There you go. You know, today, today we're talking about focus. This is week three in our series called Living Legend. We kicked off this series on Easter. On Easter, we talked about the evidence of Jesus' existence being so strong and so obvious in a lot of different ways in our world today. Then last week, Pastor Dion was here. Pastor Dion talked about Jesus' acts of greatness. Today we're continuing that theme by talking about Jesus' great focus. Now when you think about your life, if your life is anything like mine, you're trying to keep a lot of balls in the air, right? Depending on the season of life that you're in, depending on what's going on, depending on whether you're single or married or you're a kid or a teenager, you're in college, you're trying to keep stuff up. You don't want the ball to drop. And quite honestly, if your life was only about you, it would be fairly easy to just keep one ball up in the air all the time. Problem is, that's not reality. Our lives look a little more like this, okay? We're trying to keep two up at the same time. And we're trying not to drop it. We're trying to do it in a smooth way. We're trying not to hurt people. We're trying to not forget about people. But it can get rather complex because keeping two balls in the air is rather tough. But again, I don't even think this is your life. I think your life is even more complex than this, right? Three. <laughs> Any bets? Okay, you try to keep three up in the air. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, I can't juggle. I've never been able to juggle. I watched a couple YouTube videos this week trying to figure out how to juggle. But truly, this is our life, isn't it? 
We've got so many things going on. We've got so many competing priorities. We've got so many areas and relationships and, and jobs and other things that demand our focus. So the question today is simply this. How do you stay focused in the midst of the complexities of life? Because again, when you start something new, start a new relationship, you know, you, you get into the relationship, what are you focused on? You're focused on that relationship. And honestly, most of us can probably stay focused on that relationship for a while. You know, maybe you met someone, you have a new friend, you know, someone you go to school with, and, and you're focused on that relationship, but over time, distractions enter temptations occur and there's opportunities and there's moments where you begin to lose focus same is true of new jobs or new opportunities you start a new job you're fired up about the new job in fact after the last service someone said pastor ryan pastor ryan i got my dream job this week that person i guarantee you is focused on that new opportunity or a new project that you start you know that project that you started in your garage two years ago when you started it you're like man I'm gonna get this thing done and I'm gonna work on that car or I'm gonna work on my boat or I'm gonna work on or I'm gonna work on or I'm gonna work on and the problem is somewhere along the line you stopped working on it right and, and that thing is still in your garage and your wife is saying honey 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 Get that thing out before I get you out, right? Okay, it's one of those things. See, along the way, something happens. And here's what I think it is. Life. Life happens. Distractions creep in. Other opportunities arise. Temptations come into our life. And through all of it, there are moments for our focus. And there's opportunities for our focus, which we began with. With good ambition and great intentions... To become deluded and to lose track of where we're going along the way. So this series called Living Legend is all about Jesus as our living. That's what we celebrated on Easter. Our living legend. He's more than just a legend who lived 2,000 years ago. He's more than a dude who did a lot of great things, although he certainly did that. He's more than so much of what we've described. He truly is a living legend. And there are moments in Jesus' life where he was faced with opportunities to lose focus. And so we're going to look at one in particular today in Matthew chapter 4, which is early on in Jesus' ministry. I want to invite you to go there with me because we're going to spend most of our time over the next three hours together um, in God's Word, looking at Matthew chapter 4. Did you catch it? Okay, good. Matthew chapter 4. So grab your Bibles. We're on page 957 if you use the Bible that's right in front of you. Or you can log on to version. If you come here often and you've got the YouVersion Bible app, go to the live event, STJ, STL. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to flip there with you as well. Matthew chapter 4. It's an incredible, incredible experience that Jesus goes through. I think it's something that we can all relate to, given the nature of our lives here today in the 21st century. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1. Ready? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. By the way, this is right after Jesus' baptism, kind of his public entrance into the public ministry. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted or tested by the devil. Now, let's just admit something here. If you're reading this for the first time or you've never really seen this, this verse in the Bible before, it sounds kind of fairy tale-ish, doesn't it? You know, think about it. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And then Rapunzel came along, and Hansel and Gretel came out of there, and Jack and Jill, and Pinocchio. I mean, Snow White and the... Right? I mean, it just sounds kind of crazy. 
But this is a very important introductory verse to what we're going to read about. Because like I said earlier, God doesn't waste opportunities to stretch us, to teach us, and to encourage us. And so God's up to something here. By leading Jesus into the desert to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. We're going to see this in verse 2. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, if you were a Jewish reader reading this for the first time, all of a sudden you'd be like, 40? 40? 40? 40? The number 40 is really important. And Matthew is a book that was written to a primarily Jewish audience. So they would see the number 40 and be like, huh, there's some kind of connection here with this number 40. They would think back in their nation's history, and they would think, ah, 40. 40 years, the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness when God led them from Egypt, where they were in slavery and captivity, to the promised land. 40 years, important time period. Then they would think 40, 40, when else 40? 40 days. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days. Cool, all right. 40, 40. Elijah, Elijah, the great prophet in the Old Testament, he spent 40 days on his way to a place called Mount Horeb in 1 Kings chapter 19. So after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, okay, their light bulb would be going off. They're like, aha, uh-huh, okay, this is important, this is important. He was hungry. You talk about being in a place where you are susceptible to temptation because you're probably crabby, okay? He was hungry. Now, who else gets cranky when they're hungry? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, okay? Who else gets a little headache when they're hungry, okay? Some of us get a little headache when we're hungry, okay? When you're hungry is not the place to be if you're going to be attacked with temptation. And yet that's what's going on here. 40 days, 40 nights, he's in a place where it'd be easy to lose focus. And what happens next is a series of three temptations. You see, temptations are distractions and attacks which can cause us to lose focus, Temptations are distractions and attacks which can cause us to lose focus. Let's look at verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God And serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. You see, these temptations are not, hey, go to the bank down the road, rob the bank, and kill everyone who's in there. Okay? That's not the nature of these temptations. These temptations are not, you know, go sleep with that woman. Okay? That's not the nature of these temptations. But these temptations are Satan trying to get Jesus to misunderstand his mission. What's his mission? Well, Matthew wrote about it as he described even the birth of Jesus. He's the Messiah. His mission is to quote Matthew one twenty one, save his people 
from their sins. So the devil was all about trying to get Jesus to misunderstand his mission and thereby lose focus in his life. Because if he would misunderstand it, if he would lose focus, the outcome of our lives would be totally different. You know, you just think about this. That hap- this happens to companies all the time. A company that starts out in one business with one core idea, one core mission, and they get into it, and they're killing it. I mean, they are killing it. They've clearly hit the market right, and they're doing it. But then, sometimes, and this is often the downfall of many companies, They begin to expand far beyond their core mission. And when they do that, they get diluted in their focus. And it usually is the beginning of the end for a lot of companies. So what happens in our own lives when that happens to us? When we begin to lose focus. Well, what I want to do today is I want to look at each of these temptations. We're going to bust through them fairly quickly. And we're going to talk about what it means for us today. So go back to verse 3. Temptation number one. The tempter came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You see, it's important. This is the first temptation. Again, this would bring... Uh, the reader's ideas back to the Old Testament, where the people are wandering through the wilderness and God provides them food. You know, for the Israelites, a few thousand years before, when they were hungry, they were cranky. God fed them, they were still cranky. They complained. God tested them, they failed. Now is an opportunity here for Jesus. Jesus could have easily, easily commanded these stones to become bread, right? You know, Dion talked about this last week. Acts of greatness. It was obviously within Jesus' realm of power to make these stones bread. Frankly, Jesus could have made him any kind of bread he wanted, you know? A little sourdough there, a little wheat there, a little rye there. Oh, I'm feeling a little uh, multi-grain. Okay, we'll do that. I mean, Jesus could have done that. But what does he do? What does he do? Look at verse 4. Verse 4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, this temptation was going right at the heart of Jesus' identity. If you are the Son of God, prove it. Prove yourself. Okay? You ever been in a place like that? Where someone is attacking your identity, they're attacking your core, even in a moment of temptation. You know, if you haven't been there, you're going to be there. Really? You think God loves you. You seriously think God could forgive you for what you did to your kids, to your wife, to your former employer. You think that God would love you? I know your thoughts. I know what you do at night. I know what you think about during the day. See, Satan's trying to attack his identity. If you are the son of God, prove it. What does Jesus do? He responds with scripture. In that moment, he responds with scripture. Guys, I got to tell you, this is why we are so passionate here about spending 15. This is why. One of the best ways to upgrade your mind, to transform your mind, is to download scripture into your heart. If you did that, 15 minutes a day, Let the word of God come into your heart in the moment of temptation and trial and testing. Rather than thinking one thing, God's thoughts will permeate your thoughts. And in doing that, your life can be changed. Now that's not the main point of what we're talking about today. But it's absolutely crucial that we see that in the text right here. You know, if Jesus had used his power to make these stones bread... 
If he had kind of given in in that moment, what would it have meant three years down the road when he's in a garden the night before he dies? If he had given in there, would he have made it here? What about on the cross? Given the opportunity to come off the cross. Given the opportunity to do something different. To forsake you and your sins. If he had the power to turn things into bread, he had the power to get off the cross too. But Jesus stayed laser focused on his mission. By keeping the main thing the main thing. See that? Jesus stayed laser focused on his mission. By keeping the main thing the main thing. And so he resisted. Temptation number two. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, that's Jerusalem by the way, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, again attacking his identity, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, da 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 Okay? Again, Jesus had the power, acts of greatness, to jump off the top of the temple. Devil says, if you're the son of God, prove it, show off. You know, if Jesus had done that, easy glory, easy fame. Even before he had done other miracles, he could just kind of walk off the temple and just kind of, what? Fly off. Float away. He didn't even need the angels. He could just go do it himself. But he didn't. He didn't. Look at verse 7. What does he do? Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus was not into the business of doubting the promises of his father. Why should we? Why should we doubt God's goodness in our life? Well, because God hasn't shown up. Why should we doubt God's faithfulness in our life? Because my life stinks. That's why. In moments of temptation and in moments of testing, God will never waste an opportunity, even through the hard struggles of life, to bring you to a place to see his mercy and to see his grace. Look at the third temptation. Again, Jesus stays laser focused on his mission by keeping the main thing the main thing. Look at verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. I just think this is fascinating, okay? The devil offers Jesus things that aren't even his to give, okay? It'd be like a kid, you know, going up to another kid. Hey, I'll give you my house if you da 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 da. I'll give you my daddy's car if you da da Okay, he can't do that. It's not even his to give. And yet the devil assumes that Jesus has to worship someone. And so who's it going to be? Will it be the one who can give him everything? Will he fall into that temptation? Or will Jesus' focus stay on his heavenly father? Look at verse 10. Then Jesus said, away from me, Satan. Like, get out of town, dude. You know, Jesus saying that gives us the power to say that too. In the moment of temptation, you know, when you're fighting, when you're battling, when when you feel like you got good guy and bad guy on your shoulders, and they're whispering in your ear, you have the power as a believer in Jesus To say, get behind me, Satan. Because Satan has no rule over you. So Jesus says, away from me, Satan. Away from me. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus stayed laser focused on his mission by keeping the main thing the main thing. So what does all this tell us about Jesus? 
And what does it tell us about us? Well, I think the writer of the Hebrews answers this really, really well. Incredible scripture, something you need to memorize. And quite honestly, spend your 15 today and tomorrow memorizing these two verses from Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read them together. Hebrews chapter 4, let's read this together. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, here's the facts. You will experience temptation in your life. Your own personal reality says that you've already experienced temptation and trials in your life. There's going to be more ahead. So did Jesus. You know, the Bible says we have one. We have one who's been tempted in every way. The trials that you go through, that you're going to go through, don't think for a moment that Jesus doesn't get it. Because he does. He's been there. He's done that. We have one who has been tempted in every way. There's going to be people and things that come into your life maybe even this afternoon, that will attempt to drive your focus off of what really matters in life. There's going to be people that make promises to you, saying that they can give you more. You know, a relationship that seems like it might promise more than what you currently have. And you're going to be tempted in that moment to forsake your wife of 20 years for something else. To leave one thing behind, because this new opportunity seems so much better. You know, you need God's wisdom. You need God's discernment in that. But I got to tell you, don't ever think that you're alone in processing what's going on in that temptation. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. But here's the difference. Unlike every other person who has ever lived, Jesus is, is, not just was, is a living legend. The Bible says he was without sin. In other words, he did not fail. Instead, on the cross, he offered himself as a perfect sacrifice for your sins. What does that mean as we look at Hebrews chapter 4? Let us then approach the throne of grace. Let's go to him in prayer. Let's be confident that he's here with grace and with confidence. Why? So that in that moment of temptation, in that moment of healing, you might receive exactly what you need, which is grace and mercy in your time of need. You see, as you put your faith, your trust, and your life in Jesus Christ, you can come to him expecting, expecting that he will give you what you need. He will give you healing. He will give you mercy. And he's going to give you his forgiveness, his new chance at life. And you're going to receive the strength and the courage to battle the temptations that God puts in front of you. Jesus' victory on the cross and in the tomb, Jesus' victory gives us hope for our own battles of life. You see, the same spirit that empowered Jesus empowers us. The same one. Same spirit that empowered Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and throughout his life empowers us today. Jesus didn't have some special Holy Spirit, okay? He is God, but he is fully man too. Fully God, fully man, same spirit that empowered Jesus, empowers us. So when you're in that confusing spot of life, when you're in that confusing situation, you don't know what to do, you feel like you're being tempted, you feel like you're being pulled, you feel like everyone's against you. 
same spirit that gave Jesus strength, (laughs) and the same Jesus who won the victory in the battle for you gives you hope in that moment. So I'm gonna invite you today to embrace the fullness of a focused life. You see, we asked at the beginning, so what do I do? How do I stay focused in the midst of the complexities of life? How do I do it? How how do I embrace, Ryan, how do I embrace the fullness of a focused life? Two things I wanna tell you, easy to remember. Number one, stand on your identity. See, someone's gonna come to you and say, if, if you think you're a Christian, you wouldn't think thoughts like that. You know, if you are the son of God, da 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 If you were a real man, if, if you were nice, if, 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 stand on your identity. And if you're a follower of Jesus, your identity is pretty clear. You are a child of God. Austin, man, you're a child of God, buddy. You're a child of God, okay? You're a believer in Jesus, you're a child of God. If you're here today, kind of checking these things out, kind of wondering what your identity is, you can be a child of God. It's very, very simple. And God wants to give you that today. He wants you to be able to stand on your identity, which is really his identity. And when you do that, you can walk through the battles and the temptations of life in a new, focused way. But you don't do it alone. You stand on your identity, and you stand with others. See, there's Wisdom in the counsel of many. Great proverb to memorize. Wisdom in the counsel of many. We don't stand alone. Yes, we have Jesus who stands with us, but hey, you've got people around you too who can also stand with you. If you don't, pay attention over these upcoming weeks. This is why we give you opportunities to connect, to take a next step, because we believe so strongly that as you stand on your identity, you need to stand with other people too who get you, who understand you, and who can help you on your life journey. You see, as you do that, and you think about prioritizing your life and kind of keeping all the balls in the air, they're all over the place, okay? Keeping those balls in the air, you can prioritize differently when you come from a position of staying focused on the main thing, which is Jesus Christ, and let his reality become yours. Let's pray.